Welcome, everyone. Um, welcome to another class um, about wise women, smart women, clever women in Tanakh, in, in the prophets. And last week, we started uh, learning about uh, the wise woman from Avel of Beit Ma'acha. Let me um, share the sources. And uh, I'll just I'll just remind us briefly uh, what we did, and then we'll we'll move on. Um, we remember that we are at a very crucial point in in Jewish history in King David's life, after his son of Shalom rebelled against him and slept with his concubine, and he was chased out. Um, David was chased out from Yerushalayim, and Shalom took over the palace. Um, a war started between the people of David and the people of Shalom, and and at, at the end, Shalom was um, was his hair was caught at the at at the tree at the branches of a tree, and Yoav killed him, stabbed him to death. But there was another person, and the person was Sheva ben Bichri, and that person has has not had nothing to do with Shalom, but he was from the tribe of Binyamin, and that person declared and he said you know king david is weak look what his son did to him so maybe this is the time for us the people of binyamin to reclaim melucha to reclaim uh, um, a kingdom kingdomship in israel we have to remember that that the first king was saul shaula melech from the tribe of binyamin so sheva ben bichri became a new rebel again against king david and Yoav ben Tsuya, the, the general, the chief general of the, the army of King David, is chasing that, that person, Sheva ben Bichri. And he, uh, on the way to find Sheva ben Bichri, we also hear that Yoav tricked Amasa, who was, uh, who helped, uh, he was the soldier who helped uh, Avshalom with his, uh, uh, with, with his uh, uh, rebellion. And he killed, and Yoav killed Amasa, but that's, that's the, a side point to our topic. And Yoav and his people are chasing Sheva ben Bichri all the way to a city um, called Avil. And that city is a walled city. Now, to be a walled city in the ancient world was meant that you are a strong city, an established town, um, some um, most most of the cities at the ancient world who had wall around them also had a king. We call them to, today. We say it's the mayor of the of the city. But in the ancient world, we call they called him the king. We don't hear about the king of Avel Beit Ma'acha, but we know that the people, the soldiers of Yoav, surrounded the city um, um, with. Uh, uh, um, um, with uh, they they, besie they they surrounded the city with uh, uh, with the army and start pouring uh, dirt to, so so they have uh, like a ramp to to climb to the and and jump over the uh, the wall of Avel Beit Ma'acha and maybe we'll just read that pasuk again. Okay, so the men of Yoav came and besieged him, meaning the the person. Uh, Sheva, who, the, who ran into uh, uh, into that city, and they besieged him in Abel uh, of Beit Ma'acha, 
they threw up a siege mound against the city and it stood against the rampart. And all the troops with you have were, and, and what they do is they engage in battering uh, the wall. In, in, in other words, they're, they're trying to either break through the wall or climb over the wall. But then something very peculiar is happening. Like they're in, we're in the middle of a war. We're in the middle of, of, of Yoav and his people ready to, to move into that city. And they see nothing instead besides finding Sheva ben Bichi and kill him. And they're willing to kill everyone, anyone who is going to stop them on the way of finding that rebel Sheva ben Bichi. And at a very, like, so, so this is, as I, as I said last week, sometimes the only way to really understand a paragraph of Torah, especially in the Vim and the stories, is to try to imagine, hear the noises, see the sights, okay? There's a, there's, there's a sound of war. There's a sound of yelling. And people are, you know, are hurried to, and rushed and, and are eager to break through the wall. That's one part of the picture. The other part of the picture is the people of the city hiding, afraid, fearing what's coming, what's coming to them uh, uh, from the people of Yoav, from the soldiers of Yoav. And all of a sudden, there's a voice of a woman. And that woman, and, and let's read it in the, in the Navi, and then when a clever, they were, they were uh, busy, you know, uh, building that ramp when a clever woman shouted from the city listen listen tell Yoav come over here so I can talk to him now I, I, I it's not for no reason that I say that in the middle of a war of sounds of war there's a sound of a woman calling and I can imagine you know she 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 called she shouted from the city so they can hear her she was probably standing close to the wall or on top of the wall and how can the 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 i don't know maybe we can we can uh, imagine it as a trampede of noises how can how did they hear her how could they hear that woman yelling that one voice of a woman calling from the city from the wall apparently they did and maybe she, you know, she she was between the yelling, between their yelling, or between the, the the climbing. But she found the, you know, she found the way for her voice to get through the noises and the and of the of the war, and saying, "Listen, listen, I would like to talk to your chief in command. Your chief in command. I would like to talk to the commander. I would like to talk to your Av. Tell your Av." that I want to talk to him. And as I said last week, there was no reason for Yoav to say yes. You know, there's one thing in his mind and he's aiming to find, to, to, to get Sheva ben and to kill him. And if the city is giving, uh, uh, is, is hiding the, the rebel person, the city itself with its people, men, women, and children are going to die as well because as he sees it, as Yoav sees it, they 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 gave him a, a, a refuge uh, place. But Yoav, and that's why we started with the other women, with the wise woman from Tkoa, that apparently Yoav knew her. 
and you have sent to the wise woman of Tkoa to speak to David, to, to, to convince him to bring back Avshalom. You know, that was in the, that was in the, first, in the first story. Yoav has a lot of respect to, to clever women, to wise women. So maybe, maybe he knows that there's a famous woman in the city of Avel Beit Macha that her name goes, you know, uh, uh, in front of her and she's famous. And when he hears that the woman is looking for him, he's coming closer, he is approaching her, coming closer and he's down there and she's up on the wall and he wants to listen what she has to say. Now it's the general of King David. He's the strongest person in the kingdom. And people fear him, but he has respect to wise women. And he's curious to see what she wants to tell him. And he approached her and the woman asked, are you Yoav? And we already, we already discussed that. In other words, of course she knows he's Yoav. Maybe she couldn't recognize him because it was far away from the wall. But maybe, as we said last week, what she's trying to tell him is, that's not the Yoav I imagined you to be. If you are the general of the Hebrew army of King David, you know better. You know that before a Jewish army, an Israel arm, Israeli army is going to war against a, a city, first thing you have to make sure that the city you want to uh, um, take is really your enemy and that the face of the city is to war. You have to first offer a hand of peace. And if you are refused, then you go into war with them. So what that woman is telling Yoav, when she asked him, are you Yoav? And he says, yes. And she said, listen to what your handmaid has to say. And he says, I'm listening, he replied. Okay, there's something about her that makes him stop and listen. And then she says, she continues, in olden times, people used to say, let them inquire of a bed. In other words, they first you ask the city, do you want to fight? Do you want a war? Are you okay with peace? And that was the end of the matter. Discussion, communicate, a dialogue. Um, uh, a negotiation. You don't just start a war wiping out an entire city. And she's hinting you up, telling him, I think you forgot what you learned about what it is to be a man of war in the in these Israeli army, in, in the Israelite army, in the army of King David, of, the, of Hashem. And then she said these words, which I call them enigmatic, but what she's saying I am one of those who seek the welfare of the, of the faithful of Israel, in Israel. She says, I remember, I know what it means to be faithful. And I know what it means to seek the welfare of the faithful in Israel. But you seek to bring death upon mother city in Israel, a main city in Israel. Why should you destroy the Lord's possession? Okay, that's very strong words. You know who you want to kill? You want to kill people who are dwelling on Nachalat Hashem, on the Lord's possession. 
we are your brothers and sisters. And you are the general of King David because God decided David is going to be the king. And you ought to obey laws of war of, the, of Israel. And the laws of war of Israel were very much different from all the nations around. And if your Av is behaving like the Canaanites or the Moabites or the Ammonites, then, then what did we do? And she's telling him that in very careful words. And, and Yoav is, 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 is taking it aback from what she says. He's like, yes. And he says, and Yoav replied, far be it, far be it from me to destroy or to ruin. You're right, you're right. What was I thinking? And then he keeps, and then he goes on and saying, not at all, but a certain man from the hills of the country of Ephraim named Cheva ben Bichri has rebelled against King David. Just hand him alone over to us and I will withdraw from the city. And the woman assured you of his head shall be thrown over the wall to you. Okay? In other words, she understood that if she's not going to step in and protect the city, What's going to happen is Yoav and his troops are going to go in and wipe the city, the entire city, till, till they find Jehovah ben Bichri and kill him. And then what she does, and the woman came to all the people with her clever plan, and they cut off the head of Sheva ben Bichri and threw it down to Yoav. And he then sounded the horn, and all the men dispersed to their homes, and Yoav returned to the king in Yerushalayim. So that's the end of the story in the prophet, in the book of Kings, in, in the book of, of, of Samuel. That's the end of the, the end of the story. We have, you know, they're, they're chasing a person. They come to the, to the city. They want to kill everybody there. There's a wise woman who stops the killing. And she's handing one person, you know, that they were looking for. And by, with that saves the whole city. Now, I, I, before we go into the, into the commentators and the, and the Midrashim and Chazal and, and the different uh, Gemaras that I brought to you, um, I just want to say that this motive of one single woman that with her wit is stopping a war to happen or stopping a massive killing to happen by a simple idea or by one very brave act is a motive that we find over and over again in the Bible and in later on the, uh, the popular stories that we find in the in the in the in the pseudo epigraph stories of this of, sec, of the second temple like the story of judith um you know the brave woman who kills uh Holifornis, the the uh the assyrian king who wants to con uh, uh conquer jerusalem and she you know she has a plan and she cuts his head many stories resembled 
uh, 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 these stories, but this is not the first story. I just want to remind you that because we don't have a whole year to study all the wise women of the Bible, so I just had to choose few. But we have to remember, we, we all know the story in the book, in the book of Judges, we have this, we have the story of Yael. Yael, the brave woman, um, um, you know, when people of Israel are fighting Sisra, she, you know, she, um, um, she tempts Sisra to her tent and she's giving him milk to drink. And then if, when he falls asleep, she cut off his head. So that, that motive of a story of one woman who is stopping an entire um, a, a, a bloodshed to happen is something we have to bear in mind. That, that, that you know, women were not there at the, at the front road or, or at war with the soldiers face to face, but not one or not two and not three and not four women in Jewish stories both Bible and, and, and Midrashim, that it's the woman with her cleverness, with her wit and with her courage that make me, makes men understand that there are other ways to solve a problem and solve fighting and uh, a dispute other than, than killing each other. But I wanna, I wanna show you what's, you know, how Chazal, the sages, they listened to the story of that woman and her words, and they were so intrigued by her. And they said they heard there's something, there's something more about that woman that is worth trying to, you know, to uncover about her, um, about her character. And and what I what I brought to you is is few sources in Chazal that are um, attributing this woman and and connecting uh, her character to somewhat i would say i would even say somewhat uh, um, a a wondrous woman that is moving on in history from generation to generation and is connected to a very to far uh, 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 the far history as as of yetziat mitzrayim and and let's do it gradually so the first the first source I brought to you is from the Tosefta. The Tosefta of Masechet Trumot, just a few words about the Tosefta. Tosefta is, is, an, as a, is, a, is a Mishnahic material from the time of the Mishnah that Rabbi Yudah Nasi, when he compiled the Mishnah, he decided what's going to come to be in the codex, in the codification of the Mishnah, and some halachic sayings and Mishnayot, he decided not to put in. But these Mishnayot were also words of wisdom and words of halacha and learning that the sages said throughout the generation. So they kept the entire material that didn't make it into the Mishnah in a, in a, in, in a book they called Tosefta. Okay, so, but Tosefta is also very ancient sayings from the you know, first 200 years um, um, AC in, in, in Israel. And this is what the Tosefta is telling us. A group of Jews to whom Gentiles say, give us one of you and, and we shall kill him. And if not, behold, we will kill all of them. They should let themselves 
be killed and not deliver them one soul from Israel. Now, this is really um, um, very moving and, 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 and um, I would even say disturbing sentence. The Tosefta is talking about reality. This is one thing we have to understand. In the land of Israel, throughout the years since, let, let's let's say you know since the the Greeks came to Israel at, at uh, uh, 330 BCE uh, with uh, Alexander the Great, till the establishment the establishment of the state of Israel in 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 1948, the 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 land of Israel was occupied by 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 strangers. And the reality of having Gentiles coming to Jews who are sitting in a city, in a neighborhood, in an area, both in Israel or, or, or in, in other places in the exile, in the diaspora. And um, um, threatening them and scary them and scare them and threaten to kill them, it's not an imagination. It's things that happen. So the Tosefta is trying to, to, to understand what should the city do? It's either we give the life of one person and the rest of the city will stay alive or they're gonna kill all of us. Now, if it echoes like situation we remember and we know from the Holocaust, yes, these are things that, that Jews in the Holocaust dealt with all the time. Are we gonna save our lives and give one person away and this is what the Nazis made them do? Or are we all go, gonna get killed and, and people decided for themselves and people reconciled with, with, with rabbis, that was, that was a big, big, difficult, complicated, sad, tragic decision to make. So what, would, what should a group of, 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 of Jews do when Gentiles tell them, give us this pers one person unless we, we will kill all of you? And the answer, the halachic answer here in the Tosefta is they should let themselves be killed and not deliver them one soul from Israel. But if they des uh, designated a person to them, for example, Sheva ben Bichri, they should give him to, they should give him to them not to let themselves be killed. So um, um, what's the difference? The difference if we can if we hear the, the, the little you know words here, the difference is between you choose one of you give to us to kill unless we're going to kill the, the entire town or and then at that case we shouldn't choose the one we sacrifice to be killed by the gentiles or the different the other situation is they name the person you you know after the wise woman convinced him Everybody knew who was the people, who was the person they, they're, 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 they're chasing. So if they designate the person, if they say, we want X, Y, and Z, 
and they're not letting them just choose a random person to be killed, then they should give, in, give him to them uh, um, to be killed. Rabbi Yudah said, Rabbi Yudah is saying, when do these words apply? Does that, is that happening all the time? I mean, this is, is that the rule that if they know, if they're giving us a name, we, we, should, we should do it? So Rabbi Yudah is asking, Rabbi Yudah said, when do these words apply? In case when he is inside and they are outside in a fortified city. But in case when he is inside and they are inside, since he will be killed and the other Jews will be killed, they should give him to them and not let themselves all be killed. In other words, if the enemy or are outside, and, and of course we have to say, first of all, what's the difference between our story and this, these cases? These are about Gentiles who are threatening Jews. Our story is about Yoav, who is a Jew, and his soldiers that are most of them Jewish, chasing a Jewish person from the tribe of Binyamin in a Jewish city. It's not exactly the same situation. But Rabbi Yudai is saying, when is it okay uh, uh, to give him, to give away the person to the Gentiles when they, uh, uh, when they ask for, for him? Only when, they're, when he is inside and the, and the enemies are outside. Because if they will give him to him outside, then there's a chance they, leave, they will leave them alone. They will leave them alone. But if the, the enemies are already inside, sorry, I, I got it, I got it, I got it um, mixed. I, I got it mixed. Sorry, the opposite. If the person is inside the city and the enemies are outside the wall, then there's no reason to give it to him because they're safe, they're in the walled city. But if the enemies are already in and they're asking for one person, then for sure they're going to kill everybody if they're not going to give them that one person. So if they're already in the city, then they should get, give him to them and not let themselves all be killed. And so did it state, and the woman came to the, all the people in her wisdom, and she said to them, since he will kill this is a part in the story we didn't read you know after you know what happened how did the woman convince the people of the city to 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 take sheva ben bichri kill him and give him away to yoav and she said to them since he will be killed and you will be killed give him to them and do not so do they so they won't kill all of us and rabbi shimon says so did she say to them, anyone who rebels against the monarchy of the house of David is liable to the death penalty. In other words, the two, the two, the two sentences that the Chachamim are saying are important in what she told them. One, she said, Let, let's save our lives. We just give him one person that they want and save ourselves. But the other thing they, Rabbi Shimon is saying that she said, she also told them, told them, you know, if this is the person they want and we're not going to give them that person, then all of us are going to be considered as rebels and then they will have a legitimate reason 
to kill us. But I, I wanted us to see how that situation with a woman and killing one person and giving him to, to Yoav had other implications in Jewish halacha of what to do and is it okay to give away a Jew to be, no, knowing that, that, that he's going to die but save an entire city. The other source I wanted, I wanted you to see, it, again, is a very interesting uh, midrash when uh, I think it was, yes, last, last year, I, I, I don't remember when, I think it was last year, when we learned about midrashim, about, about figures in midrash, and we learned about Serach Bat Asher. Serach Bat Asher is the granddaughter of Yaakov. She's the only granddaughter of Yaakov that is mentioned by name. And the midrash is really, um, uh, enchanted by her character because we know nothing about her, just her name mentioning twice in Tanah, in Chumash, once uh, with the list of people who go down to Mitzrayim at the end of Sefer Bereshit. And the second time she's mentioned is at the at Be'arvot uh, Moav, when the people of Israel, after 40 years in the desert, are about to enter the land. And the Chachamim and the commentators and the sages are asking, wait a second, how can that be? If she, if she was the granddaughter of Yaakov and came down to Mitzrayim with a family, and the people of Israel were in, the, in Mitzrayim for 210 years, and then they walked in the desert for 40 years, that, is that woman who's entering Eretz Israel? is she 250? And if she's so old, what good did she do? In other words, if someone got such a long life, that means that, that she probably did something really, she merited her, her long life. Why did she have such long life? What, 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 what was the good thing she did that, that gave her that sachar, that reward from God? And the Midrash in Sechel Tov is saying, Serach, their sister, the sister of the sons of, of Asher, the son of Yaakov, and Serach, their sister, for her days extended and multiplied. She lived from the time Israel descended to Egypt until almost the beginning of the kingdom of Israel. Wait, wait, wait. What? She lived until the beginning of the kingdom of Israel? That means she's not only 250 when, she, when they entered the land of Israel, but this Midrash is saying that she lived even longer. She entered the land of Israel. She went through the times of the judges and the times of Samuel. And she's there when David is, is a king, the beginning of the kingdom of Israel. That makes her almost 608 years. And about her, it is said, dedicated and devoted to Israel. And she was the wise woman who called to Yoav ben Tzulia, who pursued Sheva ben Bichri. Okay, so what is the what is what is the the midrash is telling us? The midrash is telling us, you know, who the wise woman that spoke to you that you have paid attention to, and was curious and interested to hear what she has to had to tell him. That's at the time of the of King David's ruling. That was Serach Bat Hashem. 
the granddaughter of Yaakov. Yes, and she lived for 608 years. Now here, we have to ask ourselves a few questions. One, is it true? The other one, if it's not true, what are they telling us? Now, if it's true, I'm already, you know, I could have brought you commentators after commentator. One believed she had lived a long life. One say, no, it just, just doesn't make sense for a person at that time. You know, it's not the time of the beginning of, of, of uh, Genesis. At this time, nobody lived so long. And there's something different, something else that the Midrash is, is trying to tell us. Radak, for example, Rabbi David Kimchi is saying, you know, maybe, maybe I can accept she lived for 250 years, but 600 years, that's too much. And I would like to bring to my assistant um, the Ramba, Maimonides, because the Rambam is telling us that whenever we, we come across a Midrash that is, that doesn't make sense, that it's irrational, There's, it makes no logic whatsoever, then we have to ask ourselves, what the Chazal mean by saying that? Because says the Rambam, if we think that Chazal thought that she lived long life, then we think Chazal are not smart. It's like heresy against Chazal to believe, says the Rambam, that they believe that a woman could, you know, live for so long. So if we want to respect Chazal, says the Rambam, we have to understand that they're trying to give a message. There's something else that they're trying to tell us about, about that woman. And what it is about that woman that Chazal are telling us that she, you know, uh, was Serech Batashia. And I'd like to suggest some, a few, few answers. And if any of you have any other ideas, I would love to hear. One, one way of, of looking, at it, looking at it is to say that Chazal, I, I'm, of course it's a generalization, but when I say Chazal, I'm talking about, you know, about almost 600 years of, of, of learning you know, from the time of uh, before the Mishnah and after the compile of the, of the Talmud Bavli. But Chazal, as a rule, did not like anonymous people. And if they see anonymous people in the Bible, they're trying to, you know, give them names. But it's not just to give them names just as, as if to say, oh, it's the same person. For example, there's a major saying that Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron, Pinchas Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron Cohen, Pinchas, the grandchild, the grandchild of Aaron Cohen, is Eliyahu. In other words, Eliyahu that we meet, you know, in, in the Book of Kings, is Pinchas who left Egypt and you know walked through the desert and entered the land of Israel. Do they say they are the exact same person, living long life, or do they say? that there's some um, um, <clears throat> um, attributes and there's some characteristics and ways of behaving that is similar and, and, um, and, and parallel even sometimes between the character, the figure of Pinchas and the figure and the character of Eliyahu. And that we have to understand 
that there's some, the similarity between the, the between the figures is helping us understand those characters in their stories with in a different time i'd like to suggest the same thing here with uh with uh, uh the the wise woman from avel and serach batasher serach batasher is mentioned by her name and there's no story about her and the wise woman from avel doesn't have a name but Chazal are telling us, you want to understand how smart Serach was? Why was her name mentioned? Because the Torah doesn't mention a woman, a name of a woman, if there's no story around her name. This is very true for the, for the Pentateuch, for Chamisha Humshei Torah. In Navi and Ketuvim, it's a different story. But in Chamisha Humshei Torah, when we have a name of a woman and there's no story about her, we know that she was important. Something happened. Sometimes we, we're told the story and sometimes the Chachamim in the Midrash are giving us option, option of what happened with that woman. And one of the options that Chazal are telling us about Serach, they say that the reason Serach got long life is because she was the granddaughter that came to Yaakov and very wisely find the, found the way to tell him that Yosef is still alive. Because, says the Midrash, the brothers were afraid that when Yaakov hear that Yosef is alive, he will, uh, he will die. He will lose his, uh, uh, his, his heart will stop beating and he'll die. So they sent the talented Serach that everyone knew that she was very talented, said the Midrash. And, and she sang a song and she said it in rhyme and she was, you know, waiting for Yaakov to be during, during the time of, of davening so he wasn't concentrating. And, and, and that, that words entered his mind and, and his conscience and, he, and his, his heart stopped for one second and came back and God rewarded Sarah for finding the way to tell Yaakov the good news without killing him. He gave her long life. But Chazal were trying to look for something else. What kind of a wisdom is it? What's the difference? Let, let me say it this way. What's the difference between a wise woman and a wise man? Is it the same kind of, of cleverness and wisdom? And I think that what Chazal are trying to tell us, that there's something about the wisdom of women that we find in Tanakh, and that's why they're connecting Serach with that woman. Never mind 608 years. They say it. Do they, do they mean it or not? I don't really know, but I, I, I accept the Rambam that they don't, be, they don't really believe that she lived for 608 years. But what they're saying is that the wisdom of Serach, the, 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 the womanly, the feminine wisdom of Serach, is staying there all, all those generations. And it's as the same wisdom of the wise women of Abel, Beit Macha. It's the wisdom that you need a wise woman, the cleverness of a woman, that herself is always being put between life and death when giving birth, and understand the friction between life and, and, and death and is willing to do what it takes to save lives. 
where sometimes men don't have that sensitivity. And Sarah, knowing, you know, that, that her words can cause her grandfather die, according to the Midrash, is choosing the right way to tell him to break the news to him. And the woman of Averbet Maha, she knows that behind her stands an entire city. And if she's going to blow it, they're all going to die. And she comes with a sense of life and also knowing what it is to die. And she's using that wisdom to stop the war. And I believe that when Chazal are combining the two figures, one anonymous and one with a name, but with no story, they're saying it's the, it's the exact same thing. It comes from the, from the desire to add life and to stop and to stop death. It's not only in the Midrash here, but it's also, we, this was, this was Mizrash Sechel Tov. It's also in the Midrash of Mishlei, and it's on uh, Mishlei Perek Lamed Aleph, which is the famous Perek of Eshet Chayin, Eshet Chayin Mim Tsa, etc. And, and one of the uh, psukim, as we know, is Pia Patcha Bechokma, Vetorat Chesed Aleshona. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness was on her tongue. Pia Patcha Bechokma. Who is that woman? This is the woman who spoke to Yoav, who saved the city in her wisdom. And this is Serach Bat Asher. Okay, we get the whole thing here. Who is the wise woman who opened her mouth with Torah Chesed and with wise words? It's the, it's the woman from Avel Beit Macha. It's the woman who spoke to Yoav. And she is Serach Bat Asher. Serach Bat Asher, who according to the Midrash, also opened her mouth with wisdom and helped Yaakov, you know, uh, uh, hear, the, hear the message and, and hear the news and, and, help, and also, you know, be alive and be with his, um, with his sons. And, and, and then, then going down and welcoming, welcoming um, Yosef. So again, also in the Midrash of Mishlei, it's the, it's the same woman. It's the same characteristics. It's the same intention. It's the same motivation of Serach Batasher, according to the Midrashim, and the wise woman of, 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 of Avel, that we know the story, but we don't know her name. Why don't we don't know her name? We can, you know, there's many reasons that we don't know her name that we, that we, can, we can say, but Chazal are saying it doesn't matter that we don't know her name. It's as if her name was Serach Batashel. It's the same kind of wisdom that they find with, um, uh, uh, with women. And, um, um, and, and, the, and the, the, the Midrash in Bereshit Rabbah, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I couldn't find the, the translation to the Midrash, so I'll try to um, I'll try to I'll, 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 I'll translate as I, as I go along. It really is a beautiful midrash, and I don't wanna I don't wanna miss it. And I do wanna mention though that this midrash is from Bereshit Rabbah, as opposed to the to the previous midrashim, Midrash Mishlei and Midrash Sechel Tov, that both are later midrashim from the eighth and ninth century BCE. 
The Midrash of Bereshit Rabbah is one of the ancient Midrashim that we have. It goes all the way back to the beginning of the centuries of the, of the first and second and third and fourth centuries. In other words, this is the time when the, the people that the Tanaite and the Amorite of Israel are, you know, are saying their words of wisdom about, about Tanakh. And the Midrash here is, is actually is, is giving us the entire conversation. And then he opens the, the few psukim that we have we had in, in, in the book in Samuel, and, um, and he's giving us the entire conversation between, between the woman and Yoav. Okay, so it says the following. In other words, uh, because it's the book of the, the Midrash is on Bereshit, it's talking about the Pasuk that is saying that Serach came down to Egypt together with the rest of the family, and she's one of the 70 people of Yaakov's family who came down. But, says the Midrash, Serach Batasher is the wise woman of, uh, of, uh, of Avel. She's the woman who asked Yoav, Ha'ata Yoav, are you Yoav? And she said, Shimcha Yoav, your name is Yoav. You know, the, the, the Av in Yoav's word Yoav's name is father, Yoav. It means, so she tells him, your, your name is Yoav? You're supposed to be a father of Israel. You're supposed to take care of the people of Israel. And what you're doing is killing them? Your name doesn't fit you, she says, very bravely, according to the Midrash. And then she adds, you come close to an entire city to uh to fight and you haven't called us for peace so for the midrash she's not just asking are you your av she's giving him the entire spiel she's giving him the entire musar spiel of what of what are you your name is Yoav. you're a father but you're acting you know like you want to kill everybody and that caught Yoav's ears and he says who are you in other words she is very he's very keen to understand that she's she's somebody else who are you? And she says, I'm from the last people who care about how people used to make peace in Israel. And you know who I am, tells the Midrash. I'm the one who completed the minion of the, of the, of the Israelite going down to Egypt. And I'm the one who told Moshe where Yosef was buried. That's a, according to another, another Midrash. In other words, I'm, I'm busy with peace, with consolation, with bringing people together, and you are asking to kill an entire city in Israel. And Yoav says, no, 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 God forbid, no, 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 this is not what I want. And she says, okay, then you're going to get, you get your, hair, your head. And, she, and then the Midrash asks, how did she know? How did she how did she know that Yoav will settle with just the head of Sheva ben Bichri? What if Yoav will say, I'm sorry, your city gave him refuge, your city protected him? And the Midrash is saying she understood, she knew that anyone who rebelled against King David deserves to die. In other words, it's not only because Yoav was chasing him, but also because she was wise 
and she knew the rules of 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 uh, of how how it is to be uh, uh, the laws in Israel. Then she knew that this person deserves to die, not just because you have wants him to die, but because this person wanted to rebel or rebelled against um, uh, against King David, and and that's why and they listened to her and gave her. Uh, and gave, gave and, and they, they killed Sheva ben Bichi and gave his body to Yoav, and without she saved an entire city. So that's the story of the wise uh, uh, of the wise woman of um, um, of Avel Beit Macha. Now um, I'm going to go right into the next story with your permission because we 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 don't have much. Uh, uh, but we don't have we have a very short uh, series of uh, of classes this time it's only five times and and i want to i want to end with at uh, the last shiur i'm going to have a conclusion and some and some uh, you know some general things to say about about the women and and what we saw about him about them but um i want to i want to move on in 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 history and we know that the next step uh, that we find in Jewish history after uh, King David is um, is is old and tired, um, and um, and and there is a big dispute who's going to be who's going to follow him. Is it going to be his son Shlomo? Is it going to be his older son Adoniah? Okay, so so we're moving into the Book of Kings, and the woman I would like to discuss next is the mother of Shlomo, it's the wife of King David, Bathsheba, but, and, and the, what I want to emphasize this time, the word wise, chachama, clever, nevona, doesn't appear about Bathsheba in the text at all. But there's nothing about what she does, which is simple, in the book of Kings. In other words, what I want to show you is an example of a development of a figure, a development of a character that in one place she's very plain, she's very passive, she doesn't act, she doesn't speak. And we get the feeling like, you know, maybe she doesn't know what she's doing, or maybe people just, you know, you know, um, you know, uh, tell her what to do, and she doesn't really, maybe she's not so smart. But then we find Bacheva in the beginning of the Book of Kings, and she and she's being discovered like the way that the, the prophet is writing about her as one of the wisest women that we meet in in the Book of Nevi'im. And so next week we're going to see her in the Book of Kings. What I'd like to do today, so we'll uh, we'll be prepared for um uh, for next for next week. Is um is to remind ourselves in, in in just you know in just we have we have ten minutes just just that we'll have the the story about Bathsheba in the book um oh sorry not that in uh wait a second this one can you see that it says Shmuel just tell me that I have the the right page in front of you can someone please tell me that what you saw it you see is Samuel second. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, uh, we, we, say it again. 
Did someone have a, had a question? Please. Okay. No? Okay. So we are at the end of Shmuel. David is at the peak of his reigning. There's a question by Susie. Go ahead. Is there anyone you want, anything you want no. to ask? No, okay. I was raising my hand to say that it was Shmuel. He was trying, okay. Okay. So um, on Shmuel chapter 11, David is at the peak of his reigning. Everybody loves him. He's the strongest king around. Everyone's giving him, you know, um, um, taxes. And, and he, every war that he goes to, he succeeds. And then comes the, the falling. And the falling, as we know, have to, has to do with uh, killing, uh, putting the, the husband of Bacheva at the front of the, of the war. And, 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 he's and he's dead and he's getting killed. And then um, sleeping with his wife, that later becomes his, his official and rightful and legitimate wife. But the, the child that was born from the relationship between David and Bacheva, um, when Uriah was there at war, died. So, so that's, that's the story. And from that point on, David is, is declining. And, and we know that we just heard about, you know, we just heard about what happened afterwards. Um, um, Amnon, his son, rapes his, his daughter Tamal. And then his son of Shalom kills his son Amnon. And then his son of Shalom rebels against him and he gets killed. Okay, and so from that point and on, David's power and influence, and also physically and emotionally, is declining up till the point where we're going to meet him next week, please God, uh, at the beginning of the book of Kings. But now I want to focus on Bathsheba. Okay, so just want to show you how the story here is, is portraying her as very, very passive. When David sees her, she's, what is she doing, you know? And David rose from his couch and strolled on the roof of the royal palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And the king sends someone to make uh, an, inquir an inquiry about the woman and reports, this is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah Hachiti. And this... This, these words are very important. And David sent messengers to fetch her. She came to him and he lay with her. She had just purified herself after a period and she went back home. Okay? She is passive. He's sending, he's sending messengers. He's taking her. She's coming in. He sleeps with her and she goes back home. And then she gets pregnant and the woman conceives and she sent the word to David, I am pregnant. And then the entire story with Uriah, Uriah is, David is sending you out to fetch Uriah back from the battle. So he will understand what's happening. So David will figure out what to do with him. I'm going to skip that because we know the story. Um, uh, and, um, and David is sending Uriah back to battle. And with Yoav telling him, put Uriah, you know, and he wrote in the letter, follow, place Uriah in the front line where the fighting is fierce, then fall back so that he may be killed. And indeed, Uriah 
baptized at um, at the war, and 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 they come to David and and they tell him that Uriah is dead, and then when Uriah's wife Bathsheba heard that her husband Uriah was dead, she lamented over her husband, and then and after the period of mourning was over, David sent ascend and had her brought into his palace she became his wife and she bore him a son but the lord was displeased with what david had done okay and then the story with nathan nathan is rebuking david um and uh and david agree david um uh confess and he says yes i did wrong and i am sorry and 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 he understands that he needs to pay um, for that. And, and then what happened is that the first child, that the child that she, she bared to David, the first child she bared to David died. And again, she's, she, there's nothing about her. It just says, yeah, um, and Natan went home and the Lord uh, afflicted the child that Uriah's wife had, had born. Uh, to David and it became critically ill and David is is davening and praying etc etc but but then at the seventh day um, the child died and after that uh, David uh, arose from his from his mourning and um, the last two sentences that I want to read you and with that we're going to end and after the the child the first child died and David consoled his wife Bathsheba. He went to her and lay with her, and she bore a son, and then and she named him Solomon. It's the first time, the first time she's doing something active. She named him, named him Solomon, and the Lord favored him. In other words, that child that was born after in the legitimate marriage of David and Bathsheba that child god loved and favored and she named him solomon and uh, and he sent a message through the prophet nathan and he was named yedidiah at the instance of the lord so Bathsheba names the son shlomo and god loved him liked him and god named the son yedidiah the friend of god okay so this relationship between Bathsheba and Shlomo and Natana Navi and David, we're going to look into that story in the beginning of, of the book of Kings and find out about the wit, wisdom, and bravery of, of Bathsheba. Um, till that for today. Thank you very much. And have a great end of